The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with us. May the Force be with you. And may the Force be with us. May the Force be with you. May the Force be You go, I've said it enough. May the force be with you, always. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow. And uh, with me tonight are uh, Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And special guest, uh, uh, Chief Jody Casper of the Northampton Police Department. Hello. And of course, our uh, esteemed producer, John Ra. And uh, uh, we just want to say, may the 4th be with you all, since uh, it is May the 4th, and uh, a bunch of us are Star Wars nerds. Uh, Watch out for tomorrow. Cinco de Mayo? No. It's Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. I did not expect yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, also worth mentioning just tomorrow is uh, the Pride per- is uh, 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 the Pride Parade in Northampton um, uh, and also Free Comic Book Day. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in comics, you should, you know, go by your local comic book store and pick up some comics and uh, check out the parade if you aren't marching in it because it's pretty cool. Remember, uh, VFR is going to... Are we still having a float? As far as I know, yeah. We are having a float in the parade, and I believe we are going to be tabling um, at the um, at the celebration as well. So, Yeah, uh, I don't remember if we actually... If we actually decided we were going to pull the trigger on doing a live broadcast. No, but uh, yeah. we will be... Come um, over and say hello. Yeah, come over and say hello. Uh, I think we're at the fairgrounds, so uh, take uh, check us out. But definitely um, look for us in the... In the parade, because uh, the float is going to be awesome this year. Yeah. Look for all your favorite uh, Valley Free Radio DJs. And, you know, we're big celebrities, but we're still happy to happy to talk to you. The, the, little, the people. little people. You yes. recognize our voices, but not our faces. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is convenient, you know, like when people have questions for the police. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so before we get into that, I should Don't just... say, especially today. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Should have used my inside voice. Um, so before I, we, we get into that, I just want to mention that uh, you can get in touch with us, and we'd love to hear from you. So you can reach us, uh, radio at valleyfreeradio.org is our email. At uh, civilpoliticsfm is our uh, Twitter account. And facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our Facebook community. Uh, we do also have a website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And that uh, has links to previous episodes of the show and things we talk about and uh, special uh, uh, extra things we put on there, uh, supplemental episodes and so forth. So, uh, and I should mention, um, <clears throat> our website also has a link to the uh, uh, our trusted news sources, which are ones that uh, we've all sort of agreed we think are reliable for providing, uh, providing factual information and interesting commentary and insight. Uh, and uh, we do searches using that during the show and at other times, too. And uh, uh, 
when we're talking about things and we make references or, or, or there are supporting articles or whatever to link to for that, uh, genre will put up uh, will put up links with the hashtag civil references or occasionally civil corrections, uh, but usually civil references um, uh, on our, both our Facebook and Twitter feeds. So. So, uh, and thank you to everybody who donated to us last week during our spring fun drive. Thank you. Uh, I actually didn't see the final numbers, but it was a strong fun drive as far as I know. And, uh, yeah, so. We're all volunteer, so we, we live on donations. Yes. <laughs> totally. No, no paid staff. No, no. Like, what is it, NPR without the funding? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say NPR without the glamour. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah funding, too. That goes, it's the same. We talk faster, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is NPR. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is Valley Free Radio, and this is Civil Politics, and uh, we've got some politics to talk about. So uh, where should we jump in? Um, this is the Chief's Night, so anywhere you want to start? <laughs> yeah, any of those. Uh, we, we were sort of talked about a few things that we were interested in. Um, yeah, there's a lot on here. You go for it. I'm pretty open to everything on here. It looks great. All right. Well, um, <laughs> why don't we start with uh, some uh, uh, sort of larger national issues, and then we can sort of drill down to talking about some local stuff. Um, Will we get to the boa constrictor? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think so. It's still on the loose, terrorizing the, the city of Amherst, right? Let's do that now. <laughs> what? Oh, you don't know about Somebody's this? pet no. boa constrictor got loose and killed a puppy in Amherst. Oh, I know. It's terrible. And I think the police, with permission of the owner who was away, um, took care of it. Yes, you mean they killed they it? took care of it, yes. yes. <laughs> I don't think the boa constrictor's around anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it makes that cute song from when I was a kid less fun now. <laughs> what? I'll tell you after the show. It's uh, what oh, I'm, inside know. joke. Tell you when you're older. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> it's not that. It's like it's like a you have a potato sack and you go, I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor and it's slowly gobbling you up. And you, oh yeah. The, yeah. Oh. From camp. Yeah. You know. I think there's a Shell Silverstein. <laughs> probably. Yes, there is. Similar to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. It's probably yeah. based on his poem. That I think it is. is you know, because. Yeah. I was a child in the 1970s, you see, so. <laughs> yeah. Do the police often get involved in uh, rowdy pets? Or? Oh, we do, actually. We know it's a combination. We have the animal control officer housed in our building, and she's one of our employees, Shayla Howe, is the oh, animal okay. control officer. So she's under our, our umbrella. And a lot of times, you know, the animals, they require more than just one person sometimes. They're up to odd things, whether they're stuck somewhere or injured or hurting someone or bit someone or whatever they did. So... Yeah, we, we do occasionally uh, go on animal calls. So you dispatch her, and then if she needs help, you guys, yep. you go too. Yep, some loose cows, rowdy goats, uh, <laughs> dogs that bite people, bear, yeah. eagles that are down. It's a variety. It's an interesting uh, mix of animal calls that we get. Yep. No, no uh, boa constrictor. That was Amherst, I right? I can't think <laughs> of any boa constrictor calls. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's been before a while. your time. Yeah, <laughs> loose iguanas I know we've been on. Some, I don't know. Mostly we, the difficult animals you deal with are homo sapiens. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that may be the case. We did have lizard conditions during that snowstorm. Wasn't that one of the... Lizard mind. conditions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of You're the canceled. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. 
You know, one of our officers used to go and assist with the uh, lizard crossing. You know how there's that one oh, night in yeah, spring salamanders. where all the black, the black lizards with the, the yellow, yellow spots, spots yeah. crossing this one spot. Salamanders, um, yeah. Somewhere in, I can't remember, is it on Spring Street? I haven't been to it. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that. It, actually. Like, I used to live in North Amherst uh, up uh, near Cushman Village, and they, like, actually put special salamander crossings oh, under yeah, the... Oh, yeah, those are popular. Yeah. And the police yeah. has, has that was been like involved, or you were just there? It's, it's <laughs> no, one of our yeah. officers who's yeah. very... One of our... He's a special officer now, he, uh, Andy Trusha used to be a, a full-time sergeant with us, and he's just really dedicated to animals. And I, he used to go out and volunteer his time and help cross the salamander. So, oh, yeah. see, good. Yeah. That's better than um, make way for ducklings. That's, uh, it's, that's it's right <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Yep. Good. <laughs> the ducklings have better pu- better publicists. So, um. <laughs> Well, they cross in the daytime, too. The salamanders cross at, like, midnight. I mean, they got a yeah. lot working <laughs> against them at that time. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, all right. So, so flipping it around, actually, uh, one of the things that we wanted to ask you about, talking about local things and things the cops handle, mm-hmm. is uh, there's been um, uh, a, a lot of concern, at least amongst the, the lefty circles I, I travel in, about uh, the uh, uh, David Narkowitz, the mayor of Northampton, uh, 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 has appointed a, a, a study group, a work group, to mm-hmm. deal, to look into the issue of of panhandling in the street and there was a survey that uh was online uh, uh the link was on the police department site but it's not actually your survey right we just shared it right yep how helpful <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and so one of the things uh i so i i used to live in downtown northampton for about five years from 98 to 2003 and I lived in town for another two or three years after three years after that, yeah. And um, so I, you know, I, I I'm aware of people like being around and asking for change, and that there's, you know, unfortunately there are some homeless people and fundraisers and whatnot uh, in Northampton, and it was never a problem uh, for me, you know, walking around. Uh, so one of the things I was wondering is like, have things changed in you know the past fifteen years, <laughs> or uh, is there is is this is this a, a like a question of like panhandling's not really the the word for this you know like what we're talking about is something else like have there been problems and what have you had had to deal with as a police chief yeah Could, tell me more <laughs> <laughs> so i do think that the word panhandling kind of uh changes the context of the conversation. We have been talking about panhandling in Northampton for two decades. I mean, I, from when no, I, I came remember. on and yeah. all that, it's been something that's been an issue that is talked about, right? But what I think the real concern is not so much people out panhandling. Uh, it's the behavior of some people who spend time on the streets. Some are panhandlers, some are not panhandlers. But we definitely have people who are out and about on Main Street, and they engage in a variety of behavior that some people find scary. Um, sure. And <laughs> it causes a lot of differences of opinion on what that means and how we should best support people who are out there. And it's a complex topic, certainly. So it's 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 uh, sort of other subsets of folks, kind of. There's other kind, there's a couple of different groups of folks who have sort of taken up residence on the streets or yeah i mean some people are panhandling certainly and we've all seen that downtown and i i just really regulars yeah yeah, just regulars who are out sitting and not 
doing anything more than panhandling. But other people are getting into disturbances. They're selling drugs. They're openly using drugs. We've gotten complaints of a lot of that lately. Open, and I don't mean marijuana because we've certainly got that complaint, a lot of that lately. <laughs> well, that's different because it's that's an gonna artist. Change, and it's, I think, that'll yeah. change. Arts that's that's music. a whole other thing. But yep. when people are you know, smoking crack or shooting up, that can wow, really? people... Yeah. Damn. So, yeah. I mean, this is the reality that we work in, right? And we do have people that are openly dealing drugs in our downtown area. We know it and, and we're working on it. And, it, you know, we are in the midst of a drug epidemic. So everyone has all a different that's perspective. Mixed together. But yep. it's all mixed together. You've got mental health issues, certainly. You've got, you've got housing issues. You've yeah. got, um, it's such a mixed, mixed you know group of reasons on why people are out there and what they're doing and i think the mayor's intent is to learn more about this issue you know we've all sure. talked about it right over the years but have we really done a deep dive into it and i think that's the intent is Get to really learn more about this and figure out what's going on well i know from your last appearance here that you uh you know you you're, you're a big believer in gathering data and using it to make decisions and you talked about uh uh all the sort of facts and figures that you could try to collect and, and make available to the public on the police mm -hmm. department's website. So like, has there been like, um, like an uptick in, uh, in reports of, of, of criminality and violence? Um, cause I mean, like, you know, I mean, personally, I'm like, well, you know, I don't like if people really feel the need to use, uh, you know, opioids or whatever, you know, like I, I think that's a medical problem, more of a criminal problem. But it is disturbing to think people are just doing that, on, uh, you know, out in the open. Mm -hmm. um, it sort of because it is against the law. So that's a certain recklessness that's, you know, makes me concerned. Like what else are they, you know, unafraid to do? And um, which I don't know, maybe maybe just me be being overly paranoid i don't know but also like have there been um you know has there been more violence or whatever i mean you mentioned somebody pulling a knife pull, people pulling knives and things yeah i mean or that's sometimes goes on i mean usually and this is the thing that's kind of interesting is usually it's amongst themselves so i i never you know i don't really feel like there's any threat to other people walking around downtown but there's some issues that go on between people who are out on our out on our streets hmm so that's where we see most of the violence kind of percolate okay. up. They get into a little tiff over something, and then well, it escalates. Uh, yeah, and then, it escalates, and the, for yeah. a variety of reasons, and and it's it's public. It's out yeah. on the streets. Whereas other people may get into these same sorts of it's disagreements privately in their homes, but when these are on their streets, people begin yelling and swearing, and you know, if there's weapons involved, it's, yeah. it's that's scary to witness for some people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might that, you, know? you might well get get called in anyways if people are getting you know, having violent altercations. I mean, that's, that's, but that's, uh, <laughs> we may or may not. I mean, the reality, yeah. right? Not everyone calls the police for everything. Yeah. I, I don't know what goes on in people's homes, but when you're a significant part of your home is on the street, then we are more likely to get called for those. Certainly. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Walking around, I've had a, um, it, it's really good to hear you're going to get more granular about, you know, different things and what, mm -hmm. what parts and what affects businesses. And, but I have heard, uh, you know, a group of kids just hanging out, just expletives at the top of their lungs and it's not illegal, mm -hmm. but you do kind of go, Oh, I think I'll go over on the other side of the street here. <laughs> Cause that looks right. like it's kind of, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to escalate or not, you know, in the middle of the day and they're just kids, you know, teenagers right. ish fighting with each other. 
Yeah, people have mixed reactions to what they witness, and that's what's kind of interesting is maybe we can all agree on what's actually happening on the street, but then how people react to it and how they feel we should respond to it are really different. So that's what gets kind of complex. Right. And because you're, pol- you're the police, but you're not the swearing police. <laughs> we are not the swearing police. No, no, no. So. Yeah. Right. Darn tootin'. <laughs> oh, that's right. We can't say the seven words on the air. No, so. no. Well, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to. Why do you have to remind yourself? Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to swear like a trooper. <laughs> Just like Julie to. Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, she still does, actually. I, I still do. I just don't do it on our show because <laughs> yeah. I would like everybody to be able to listen and feel comfortable. But that's interesting, that sort of witnessing of, you know, sort of groups of different kinds of folks and how people feel about it just because you know whether it's at dusk or whether it's in the middle of the day or whether it's mm-hmm. in front of your business or you know just a million possibilities for how people yeah. interpret we, I mean, it we just had an incident occur downtown and the witness was there with with his child and he basically said i i will not come to this town again oh because, dear well that's but <laughs> that right so yeah. he he and his daughter witnessed this thing it was difficult for both of them, right? Yeah. So yeah. he hadn't been here in a long time. He was surprised by what they witnessed. Like, I, I don't, downtown is a very safe place, but things occur on our sidewalks. And like I said, everyone responds differently to those things. So mm-hmm. we have to be realistic about the fact that different types of street behavior does impact climate. And what, what if anything, do we want to do about that climate? And what's our role as, as the police department, as the city? Uh, as I said, complex, right? But these are real things going on, real there's a real person out there that had this happen and yeah. made it very clear what, you know, we don't, we will not be back here. Well, and uh, as someone who, you know, uh, has owned a business in town for about 15 years in, in Northampton, uh, I, you know, own Modern Myths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things we, you know, we have called the cops from time to time because we're like, you know, somebody's been loitering up by the dumpster because we find, like, you know, uh, broken needles, you know, and broken Mm -hmm. bottles and, you know, like, signs people have, like, just been, you know, crashing there and getting drunk and whatnot. Nice private space. Nice private (laughs) space, you know, and also graffiti and things like that. And we're like, you know, like... I, I don't want to, you know, make their lives harder, but at the same time, we don't want to sort of send the signal that, like, you know, we don't care what's going on on our actual, like, in our parking lot in the area where, like, customers are parking and we don't want customers to, uh, uh, we don't want to uh, create sort of a sense that, like, we don't care about what's going on and make our customers feel less welcome and stuff, so. Right. So, and there's some people who witness lots of different types of behavior who have absolutely no problem with it too. Well, and I they don't. feel fine. And I actually talk to many people like you. So you know, I've been around Northampton for years. I have zero problem with panhandlers. I yeah. I give them yeah. money. I don't give them money. And I think when we use the word panhandlers, we, we're really doing a disservice to the complexity of the issue because it's not just people sitting, you know, asking for money. Um, no, it's, not at there, all. It's more than that. It's behavior that's going on that's having an impact. Yeah. And and that's really what we should be talking about is that kind of street behavior and how we can best yeah. address that i mean uh, on many occasions i've like you know uh people are out there saying you know like looking for change or whatever and i'll like take them to lunch or something because mm-hmm. 
you know, everybody needs to eat. Ooh, I'm yeah. going to go hang yeah. out on the corner. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like, like in some cases, I'm like, when was the last time someone treated you like a person and took you and, you know, and said, come on into this restaurant and like be a customer. And instead of being like the grubby person, they're like, oh, shoo, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, as the curmudgeon Republican, you know, I hear all that music, that, you know, acoustic music is just really annoying. I'm just kidding. But, you know, there's <laughs> a busker. <laughs> yeah, there is. Be- God darn f- really- folk music with their folkies and. <laughs> Well, and that's that's sort of Northampton's a little bit like Harvard Square. You know, you don't you don't know who you're going to hear who's on the way up or on the way down in their um, artistic career. Yeah. And it's, you know, on a Saturday night, it's it's I mean, aside from pretending to be a real curmudgeon, it's yeah. beautiful. It's actually quite yeah, it lovely. Nice. We have here. some great buskers, yeah. really great yeah. buskers. And it adds to the it adds to the <laughs> climate. I love it downtown. I come yeah. downtown to have dinner and you can hear a harp or steel drums or <laughs> oh, whatever Peter plays. That. I don't know what instrument that is, but well, I, I, the arch guitar. The I harpist think. is back because, like, I remember the. I, know, I love the harpist. He's and, excellent. And that uh, yeah. that that guy who like had a, like a baby grand piano on wheels oh, and yeah. wheel in, you know, <laughs> like that guy was fantastic. There's some good music downtown. See, that's Absolutely. Northampton, yeah. and and it is an interesting environment. I just mm-hmm. can't imagine sorting through all these. <laughs> yeah. Um, though also, I'm like that baby grand piano. Like, is that like a vehicle? Does he need like to have like lights on? Stuff? <laughs> you know, like because that could be a traffic issue. You know, you had to pay a permit fee, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my group actually just um, my group. I'm in a um, a acapella group, the Connotations, um, and we just renewed our busking license uh, in Northampton. Oh, nice. Um, we can we and, come down and harass you? What night? Yeah, we should. <laughs> we actually are planning on being on the on the street on uh, on May 12th downtown. So if anybody wants to hear us sing, then um, around two o'clock. Anyway, uh, wait. The, what time was that? Two o'clock. No. What day? <laughs> the twelfth. Oh, okay. So a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So that should be that should be interesting. But it just uh, we have sung on the street, um, during Christmas and during and during the summer. Uh, we usually carol, um, for to benefit uh Sweet. different things. But um, it's for ninety nine percent of the time, it's been a great experience. Um, uh, everybody else, there's a there is a, like something that all the buskers have worked out like we're going to be here so you have to go here and you know um but for the most part it's uh um i haven't seen anybody cause any a lot of problems so i i just want to put that in just yeah. from the other from the other side it, um it's very safe <laughs> if yeah. like especially with people that are carrying around like a hat full of money like we've never been hassled yeah. or anything like that uh, it's um, a very safe community yeah. it's very safe downtown the biggest risks are to the 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 people who are out on the streets themselves the panhandlers right. who are sitting on the streets and are having issues with each other uh, most frequently it is. yeah <laughs> yeah oh, yeah i mean there yeah. is there's kind of a turf wars around around there's better spots to sit and panhandle than sure. others mm-hmm. so there's certainly arguments over that and yeah absolutely so oh, yeah the, i said 99 percent of the of our interactions were fine we had an interesting interaction like that with uh mm-hmm. um we we were planned to go here and then someone was there and um but f- for the most, I mean, that's that is very, very rare. Just did, um, did like they also said, have a busker's license, or was it somebody who? I don't know. I don't. I'm remember. not the cops. I don't check. Yeah. <laughs> well, I meant, were they somebody who was singing, or were they somebody who was? Uh, it was on their um, favorite corner. It was a gentleman with uh, some buckets. Oh, so hard to know. <laughs> I know the um, the bucket guy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, a cape. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He's he's a treat. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but like I said, uh, 
the the process of getting the permit was was fairly easy and there are so many people downtown because the because it is a very welcoming environment to a uh to musicians um especially uh busking musicians um a lot of people are very like they that's part of that's part of downtown like that's part of like what yeah uh i know that part of what i expect when i go down on a on a nice day yeah well sue maybe you and i we could like get a a busking license and we could go get a corner and we could do artisanal swearing and insult comedy (laughs) you know (laughs) you hockey puck (laughs) we'd be well Mm. we wouldn't be arrested immediately but there'd be complaints (laughs) either that it wasn't very good on my part or (laughs) or that we were annoying the just do vaudeville man boring or mean (laughs) yeah so those are the options just just who's on first just do that yes that's true um, I would pay for that. Speaking but. of comedy, that um, the correspondence dinner. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we we can <laughs> good segue. transition. Sue. Yeah, it's nice, Sue. Yeah, maybe you should be in charge after all. Um, yeah, I am. You just don't know it. <laughs> that uh. makes sense. <laughs> oh no, you know. it's genre. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, regardless, <laughs> the white guy's like, it's all about me. <laughs> yeah, Mike, it's all about you. Uh huh. Yeah, we always <laughs> let you think that. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. You're very sweet. So, yeah, so uh, uh, I found her very funny. Yeah, so, so uh, but, you know, I'm sort of a feminist, communist, uh, I mean, conservative. I was going to say, <laughs> you are not a communist. <laughs> no, uh, I'm a free market. But uh, a, uh, uh, for those of you who are maybe listening to this uh, 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 down the road or, uh, you know, keeping your head out of the news or whatever, uh, this past weekend was the White House Correspondents Association's dinner. And uh, they gave out their usual rubber chicken and self-congratulatory awards. Um, once again, President Trump decided not to attend, but he sent White House Press Secretary uh, Sarah Sanders uh, in his place. And uh, the comedian of the evening was uh, Michelle Wolf, who's worked for Seth Meyers uh, on his show and on The Daily Show. And she's got a new show coming out on Netflix. So she's, you know, a comedian with some some a following and, uh, and a style. And she's... Uh, you know, she's mean, she's snarky, and uh, she uh, actually deliberately, you know, made a point of of, of making uh, jokes about people in the Trump administration and whatnot. And I, I saw her interviewed, and she said, you know, that she actually preferred to say, if she was going to say, you know, make a joke that was mean about somebody, she said that she preferred to do that with that person there in the room you know, instead of, like, doing it behind their back, so. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, way more courage than I have about that kind of thing. But the correspondence <laughs> dinners, you know, it's known for, it's a roast. Um, it and, is a roast. And, it, you know, there, I right. remember an awkward and, and, moment with Obama and um, Trump before, you know. Right, right. He was very mean to him. And, well, and Stephen Colbert back in 2005 oh, yeah. or six. Vicious. Yeah, yeah, Vicious. yeah. <laughs> and um, And funny. Yeah, well, and so Michelle Wolf took took a lot of criticism. The most of it seemed to center around specifically uh, some remarks she made about the White House press secretary, uh, uh, Sarah Sanders, uh, and remarks about how um, well she lies to us a lot, and um, uh, and uh, given the Trump, like there was a comparison to a, a character uh, on The Handmaid's Tale. And an aside that to to the vice president that he would really enjoy The Handmaid's Tale. He should totally watch it, you know. So, I I thought it was really funny and really smart, and and I like the way she also called out the press corps for their nonsense. 
Um, and the Clinton campaign for, um, you know, Russia yeah. could be working with, I mean, uh, Trump could be working with Russia and the they Clintons can't even find um, Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> even even coordinate with Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. I, I can't believe how much. And it's funny because it's such a politically hot environment. People have mm -hmm. such trouble talking to each other. Yeah. And they go after her. I mean, all the yeah. other bad behavior of everybody else, you know, in all the parties, and um, they go after a comedian and a well, correspondent. It's dinner. much easier to kill the messenger than to deal with the message. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, just in case anybody's sort of wondering, like, we, uh, yeah, Sue and I, I think, agree in genre. Uh, uh, Chief Casper can speak for herself or not, but, um, you know. She's uh, very quiet. Did yeah, you notice that? Which is fine. I've, I've just leaned back and withdrawn. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. You all yeah. go ahead and talk about politics. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, oh, uh, good point. It's fine Sorry. for a public servant to show some reticence and rectitude. It's a welcome change, frankly. Thank you. But uh, just, it, you know, in a nutshell, um, uh, I agree that what, uh, Michelle Wolf did was uncivil and kind of mean and and uh, uh, it wouldn't be appropriate for civil politics for our show but you know it's not our show <laughs> like like we try to be talk about things and and communicate and listen and even though I interrupt Sue too much um, <laughs> we, we try to talk but it's it's yeah, I mean, you. Sorry, Sue. You, uh, I think you. I uh, cut you off just now. <laughs> no, no, I was just laughing because. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a totally different venue. So, uh, I, I think it's interesting that people are are calling Michelle out for her lack of civility. You know, in a venue where like what she did was actually the appropriate thing. I mean, you know, it's it's, yeah. Let's say it just out loud. Yeah. That was her job. They hired her to do that. Yeah. That's that, true. It's a roast. And she it's roasted tough to do people. well. Yeah. Yeah. There were people laughing in the audience. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, most people were laughing in the audience. I just put up a video of the complete remarks so you can see that. The, the some some of her remarks might have been really biting or really hit to the core of someone. Um, but as far as I mean, she she didn't she didn't lie really um there have been untruths no. that come out of the white house uh press um meetings so it's... And they correct them later no yeah. that's the facts they had yeah. at the time oh, yeah. so sometimes but the people are really going after her especially like they think that they're saying that she commented on uh sarah huckabee sanders appearance which in a denigrating way she mentioned yeah. it she Gave she her actually, a compliment. Yeah, yeah it, she she <laughs> used she had a, the perfect smoky <laughs> eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she used a compliment about like, oh, your makeup is fa is perfect, and you get that by burning the facts and using the ash. To, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like that. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of reaching. Well, yeah. and you know, you guys know I like Chris Christie, and um, you know, yeah, they, that was the one thing. Yeah, the, the, the joke about him being fat, fat, I didn't like. Well, and he's used to it; he can take it. He's, he's yeah, a that's big, true. He's a big guy; he I, can take it. Yes, <laughs> in more ways than one. I just, I just, I think. Mr. Christie, he shouldn't have to. That's all I'm saying. But, I, I agree with you, but yeah. he's, you know, that's... And as I put on more and more weight as I get older and older, I feel that more and more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so we should actually take a well short said. break in a minute um, uh, here on Civil Politics, and we'll come back with more of that. But uh, I think Stephen Colbert kind of had a nice little summation on in his monologue. Uh, 
I know you watch it too, so yeah, I didn't see it. So oh yeah, he, he said like getting going complaining about Michelle Wolf, you know what she did as comedian at a roast is like accusing the valet of temporarily stealing your car. Yeah. <laughs> Those comedians have to stick together. Yeah, well that that too, um, that too, and you know, I mean, I actually listened to Colbert's uh, performance from when he did it, and you know. He said some some stuff that was really mean to the press, you know. Like, yeah, it, there's it all tough. these all these important scary issues like global warming and you know weapons of mass destruction and how things are going in Iraq. And we've been really nervous, you know. We really haven't wanted to know, and you've had the decency not to try and find out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, if we're ready to take a break, then uh, we're going to take a short break here on Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Play some PSAs and other announcements, but don't go away. We'll be right back. Has anyone ever asked you, don't you have enough records? Adventure Rocket Ship is new and old. Indie pop, psych pop, post-punk, shoegaze, lots of chiming, jangly guitars and catchy melodies from both artists you know and obscure 7-inch singles from around the world. Adventure Rocket Ship, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. on Valley Free Radio. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. The Oblivion Express, old-school, free-form, eclectic radio programming every Thursday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio. Since 1981, the Oblivion Express has been traveling the musical spaceways in the valley, an eclectic mix of music from the 1940s to today and featuring just about every genre, rock, jazz, blues, world, folk, reggae, and so much more. Join me, DJ Funkadelic Fern, every Thursday morning on the Oblivion Express. Forbes Library offers free access to computers, and now they are equipped with tools to make them easier to use if you are blind or have low vision. When you come into Forbes Library, you will find computers with JAWS screen reading and magnification software installed. Trained library staff are available to get you started. These services were brought to you with federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. Call 413-587-1012 to find out more. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Did you know there is a CSA from which you can get locally brewed beer shares? Or that there is a delivery service that can bring produce from local farms to your door every week? Farm to Fork is a radio program dedicated to revealing the history of the food system in the Pioneer Valley and exploring the bounty the valley has to offer. The program tackles the complex issues surrounding food, drink, and every kind of nutrient with their individual production schemes and consumer markets. These topics and more Tuesdays 
at 7 p.m. on Farm to Fork, Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, WXOJLP, Northampton. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM, out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. Uh, I'm still joined by uh, Northampton Police uh, Chief of Police uh, Jody Casper and our usual commentator, uh, Sue Timberlake, and our producer, Genre. Um, and we do still like to hear from you, uh, Civil Politics Radio at valleyfreeradio.org, uh, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio, or at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter. Um, but uh, Chief Casper, one of the reasons why uh, we wanted to invite you here tonight was uh, there's a news report that came out like a month or two ago. I don't know. I'm 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 losing track of things as I you know hit my late forties. And we're forming a seal team. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, seals and sea lions. I think. Um, no dolphins. And uh, no dolphins. Right. Horrible little things. Dolphins are jerks. Everybody knows that. Uh, flippers a lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, there was a, a some sort of uh, outcry about a budgetary request for. Uh, I think uh, sort of, you know, non-lethal or less lethal weaponry for the uh, Northampton Police Department. And uh, when I mentioned that, that was something you, you, I want to talk about, uh, you were like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> – <laughs> apparently there's a story here. Misunderstanding. Well, oh, well or, misunderstanding. Yeah, or, yeah. And I, So please clear up what what's going on here. <laughs> like how, how right, much of right. a big deal even is this? So one day I was in my office, and I heard the news that I was trying to militarize the police department, which was a surprise <laughs> to me. Because uh, you've already done that, right? All right we're <laughs> set, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I we hadn't done any, anything differently than we had for many, many years, so I mm. didn't know the origin of the story or what was going on I'm like wait wait what's going on what are we doing and i read that we're trying to uh, get you know riot helmets and riot shields and riot gear and all this kind of stuff so i kind of looked at this and tried to figure out what's going on essentially we submit capital improvement requests uh every year and this identical pretty identical there may have been a few words that were changed but overall that the equipment that was being requested same equipment that's been requested since i believe it was 2003 when chief sinkowitz was the chief of police and he had written up this request and you have to remember that this was you think about 2001 and what oh, we were right all talking then. about right yeah so 2003 we were still in the midst of talking about you know anthrax and bombings and all this and of course we're still in the midst of talking about a lot of that stuff with right with all of that so this original request the language that was used was written back then uh, this money was actually funded twice so this was a kind of every other or every three-year request for a while ultimately it was funded a couple of years and this was just me resubmitting that same request and so you know cut and paste error I mean, I, I suppose in the sense that um, there's other things covered in this equipment request and our gas masks and like you know we're not we use, people don't know how we use a lot of this equipment. Um, so I certainly don't. I know. Training I know. So, and train. yeah, yeah. Train. It covers training. It covers gas masks. It covers our the filters for the masks which expire. Uh, it covers tourniquets. It covers things that we actually that both we use and that expire. Ammunition, for instance, which we need. Uh, so yeah, that spoils, right? If it sits on the uh, shelf, we too long. we use it for training. We're required <laughs> by law to shoot a certain number of rounds. So anyway, you oh. know, I have to say, so I'll blame myself in the sense that I should have realized that we're in a different political climate right now than we were every other year since two thousand three, and I, I should have looked at the language more, um, and I, 
could have written it differently so that people felt more comfortable with it. Because mm -hmm. when I reread it I, with eyes of someone who hasn't read it already for the decade it's been written the same way, I totally see how it was interpreted that way. And that if you had never read it before, you could you could think that because it, it does list riot helmets. It does list this. But we actually n are not buying anymore. It's Those are replacement if anything breaks, we would replace what we already have. We're not outfitting our staff any more than they already are outfitted. What about um, that tank? The tank is <laughs> on hold right now. I think it's not uh, for the for school fun. resource officer, right? Yeah. <laughs> school resource um, officer. Yeah. yeah. So actually, it's funny. Kids there are days. some school yeah. resource officers who have, you know, want that kind of stuff because I can't even. So that, that's not <laughs> happening. Um, but I, so I, I completely understand the reaction to it. I wish that. Uh, you know, Somebody had asked, it had right? not it spun out of control before we could even react to it. And that's the nature of social media and news stories and everything else. But oh, so um, somebody looked at the budget language that yeah, got submitted yeah. and, uh, absolutely. and and it went out. On absolutely. <laughs> and like I said, I understand it because reading it with fresh eyes, if I hadn't read it before and known that it's the same request we put in every year, I, I may have seen it that way as well. So certainly I understand next time I submit, you know, any sort of <laughs> equipment request, like pe people are attentive to it. And I'm glad they're attentive to it. You know, I, it's fine. You know, we we're accountable for what we do we're accountable for the equipment that we purchase but we've made zero changes to the way that we equipment that we have the way that we respond to anything it's all you know the same and hopefully better as we try to improve our, our strategies and the the less lethal launcher is listed on there which is a, a middle force option you know between you know, we, we can move up that force continuum from, you know, verbal commands, ultimately you move up pepper spray, right, and then a baton and then a firearm. Well, prior to the less lethal launcher, we really had nothing in between your baton and your firearm. So the less lethal launcher, it's not less than lethal because it actually can kill someone if yeah. you hit them in the wrong spot or in any spot. I mean, depending, there was right? a, I remember a woman was killed. Uh, that was not the same thing. I'm just going to, no, <laughs> that was well, a pepper ball gun. The pepper ball gun. Right, but that absolutely. was still like designed to be less absolutely. lethal. Absolutely. No, you're yeah. totally right. Totally right. But this is a less lethal launcher. That was in Boston launcher. a few years ago. At I, a, outside of Red Sox. Game. I remember that. Yeah. The uh, less lethal launcher shoots a really large kind of rubber uh, projectile. And it's ah. intended to replace a, a, yeah. a lethal force option so that sure. we don't have to kill someone if we're in that situation. So as a someone, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we're doing our best, and, and we've had them for a very long time, and, and yeah. we haven't had to use them. But I tell you, we have used them in that we've had to display them. Mm -hmm. And when we've displayed them, the person has dropped whatever weapon they're holding, and that's been that. Yeah. So, um, sorry, just just for people who might not know, can you can you um, define display? Display would be having it out, just taking it out. It's stored in the cruiser, so we take it out of its locked box in the cruiser and just have it out just so have it displaying. like even pointing down just displaying it having it pointing at the ground so you're not saying like in the building it's not like placed gently on a, <laughs> on a shelf that's the thing i don't know if that would have the same impact <laughs> I, don't think so too. I just want to make sure that like when i hear display i, I just, see what you mean. Know. Yeah, yeah 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 no you're right it's like under a glass cabinet like what we could do no pillow. it's, uh, yeah. it's yeah. when you actually have it in your hand it can be pointed yeah. at the ground but the person sees it and it realizes changes their mind right. yeah, yeah. Okay. and we've had very good success with people holding knives and yeah. and you know those sorts of situations which is different from brandishing it like pointing it at someone or, right and yeah. that that can happen also when we've done that both with with those and with our firearms as well where we've had to actually point our weapons at people and that's also had the desired effect yes right. yes yeah okay so uh so uh um uh one of the <clears throat> sorry one of the questions uh uh 
God, I forgot the thing I wanted to ask you about, actually. Oh, yes. So <clears throat> that does sort of lead me to one of the things I've, I've wondered about, because um, we've talked a, uh, a fair bit about police violence on this show. It's, uh, it, we're becoming aware of how it's a nationwide problem. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say it's become a nationwide problem, because I think it's been there and just hidden from comfortable white people like me. Um, so... Uh, that's become more of an issue, and the question of like how do police deal with, uh, 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 you know, people in all kinds of situations, and you know the the how uh, people of color especially are just, you know, doing nothing and arrested or, or harassed or attacked or or shot to death in their backyards. So um, one of the sort of the uh, ideas people uh, floated about that that I think has is worth discussing anyways is the idea of like maybe uh, 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 police shouldn't just be carrying guns routinely maybe you should only have guns when they have like a situation where they see feel that they need them or have armed response teams like they do in in Britain for example so you're actually like a police and like in this country <laughs> so now admittedly Northampton isn't exactly like you know New York in the 1970s or whatever but um What's your take on this? Like, how do you think that would change your job? Like, is that what are what do you see as the pluses and minuses to that approach? <laughs> if we disarmed our police in this country, I, we you would see a lot of police officers leaving the job. That we there's it's too much risk. Um, too many other people have guns. It makes me nervous so, to hear you even bring it up, Mike. I have to right, say, right. And and I, I'm old school, so yeah. And, and you're yeah. a Law and Order Republican. So, I am yeah. a Law and Order Republican. It may, yeah, it'd make me very nervous okay. that if I called nine one one, that they'd have to take the cruiser back to the office and get <laughs> guns or something. Right. Yeah. And the the problem is, I won't look at you. The problem is <laughs> that I was told not to look at anyone. So. Uh, <laughs> So the it's problem is that I, I, know, I, know, I get it. It's not that I'm a Republican, right? <laughs> it's only when the snake hair yes, starts, to, yes. starts to wake up that she'll petrify you. The so. problem is that we can't anticipate what calls we're going to need a firearm on. We can go on a call that we think is going to be a, a, a barking dog or just a suspicious person or whatever. How would we decide which calls would require that? Frankly, you could even go on a medical. You're on the medical call and you're treating someone and then someone else on the scene gets a firearm, right? And so even if you're working with a patient, uh, you know, having expecting officers to run back out to their car to get a weapon, um, it's just not practical in our society. I wish it was. It would be great, you know, if nobody had guns and that would be great. But it's just not not the world that we live in, unfortunately. We face real threats life mm-hmm. you know ending threats and we're expected to be able to look at the guys save the lives of others who who are you know maybe would call us and need us for that and what are we going to do you know it's it's a really what are we going to do in that i i, I can't imagine that working well that police dog should have had a gun you know the police officer yeah. that was killed the police dog yep. got shot um what i forget what town it in is yarmouth. In yarmouth yarmouth mass yep. and it was just a domestic violence call mm-hmm. wasn't it no they were serving a serving, it was a, serving a search warrant and that we, yeah. we would have a gun on that but so yeah. many of the calls that officers go on that you wouldn't know that they're going to be what they're going to be and like every the one of the most dangerous calls officers do what they do is just a car stop so are you going to have an officer go to their trunk every time they approach a car? Do you know how many videos I've seen of officers being shot at a car stop? Uh, hundreds, hundreds of officers just walking up to a car. They stop for a speeding ticket or whatever else. It doesn't seem like a high-risk stop. And then they just get shot and die on the ground. I've watched hundreds of videos of that happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how we can expect our officers to do this job and not be able to protect themselves well and i might be wrong in this but i've heard people joke that it, um 91 is the heroin highway you know goes from new york up to 
up to Canada. And so, you know, it crosses right through Northampton. So you, you, I, I, I can't imagine, personally, I can't imagine um, that, that scenario. But, it's, but look at the boa constrictor. I mean, <laughs> they ended up having to take, take it out. So. Well, I hear the bow constrictor had a knife too, so you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in each hand. Wait, no. Um, uh, go ahead, John. Oh, Jesus. Um, well, I, I was wondering. Uh, I mean, we we don't have. Um, if there was a a a non lethal replacement for for a gun, um, because I mean, tasers are like one use, uh, so that that wouldn't really be. Um, useful but if there was if there was a non-lethal version of a of a gun what would you say to that as long like, as um, like, our not task... like like more more than a paintball <laughs> i don't <laughs> know um like so, icers on agents of shield well the yeah. rubber bullets are yeah. sort of a yeah um, so our task on a call is not to even in a deadly force situation is not to shoot and kill someone our goal is to stop the threat so if you're able to provide me with something that's as reliable as a firearm at stopping that threat, then fine. Wh whatever tool it is we need to use. No police officer, I mean, I can't say no. Most police officers don't want to kill anyone. We don't, we're, don't want to do that. But when our life is at risk or the life of someone else is at risk, then we're in that situation. Right. It's a lot that we ask of our officers to be in these situations and make these split-second decisions. It's true. Um, I mean, I, I was just wondering, basically my, my point is if there were – in some like with some people if there was a a viable alternative to carrying uh, a regular firearm um some people would say just no like you shouldn't have like we shouldn't even discuss that we should have like, a lethal option that they carry all the time um so if there do you, so basically if there was if there was an option like that and obviously there isn't right now um putting like having firearms just in the in the car um that would with so that you would be open to that i can't imagine what that would look like for a piece of technology but our our tool our goal is to stop the threat if there's an alternative to stop the threat i certainly would be open to it i just can't imagine what that would be what about smart guns what do you think about those when you say smart guns, you mean the kind that uh, are linked particularly to that officer that read yes. the fingerprint or whatever? That, or uh, have a uh, an RF chip in a in a ring or something like that, or a or a or a bracelet, uh, so the f so the gun wouldn't be fired unless it was in um, that person in the in right the, person's hand. Yeah, yeah, in the in the area of that person. I, yeah. I think it's fascinating technology. I think it, it, there's a lot of good that can be done with that. I, I've seen a few things. I'm not the best to speak on it, but the little bit that I've read, I know there's been a little bit of room for error in those. So I would only have that concern where the officer would be that one time that they would draw their weapon and need to and use it, it and it wouldn't work. Yeah, um, so that's the scary part of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And having come yeah. out of the technology world, you know, some of the software and the applications have to be in languages that control jets you know that kind of language that is so fast and so multi-channel that it doesn't fail i mean it's very hard to do in such a way that you don't have a pause or lapse or a right or a you know some sort of a you know blue screen i'll call it but yeah. it's very okay. hard to do well um the um uh leader of the leo in yeah, Massachusetts. I was going to say you, the, the red flag. Uh, yeah, uh, it, which is sort law. of in the same arena. It's 
it's allowing um, the police to actually take guns from somebody if there's a, and I don't think Massachusetts has that yet. I know you can be pink papered, which means they can put you in a facility, but they can't actually take your guns away from you. Um, right. This is the thing uh, Ann Tolheimer was talking yeah. about on our show a couple of in the note I just couple saw of months ago. I that, guess um, I should look at it because I'm I'm pulling. Um, uh, Massachusetts House Speaker Robert DeLeo on Wednesday expressed support for a bill that would allow a judge to temporarily seize guns from someone who might uh, pose a danger to themselves and others. Uh, they're pushing for a vote later this week, and I know it said the judge, but actually it's the police that have to go get them, right? We do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that would—that's kind of a tough position too, right? I mean, it's—it's it's, uh, somebody has to start the initiated. I know in some states the family can, but I think in most states it's the police that actually initiate the request or something. It's—it's uh, it's complicated. I it, don't. It's understand. very complicated. It depends how they kind of iron it out. But the gap that we have in our current firearm system is that if I develop knowledge of someone in my community who I'm concerned about, maybe they're suicidal, maybe they've made threats to other, whatever, whatever it may be, then they. You know, that's one day. A month later, they move to, to Cambridge, and they request an, a license to carry an LTC. Uh, that chief out there who's the licensing authority would have no idea of what happened out here. because oh, you can't report it anywhere. Or well, there's no it. criminal record. I, if there's not a criminal record, and a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of things that go on here with people that I feel like should not carry a gun. If they remain in my community and I run them in my own system, I'll see that name come up. And, and I go, can, uh-oh. I can reject that <laughs> Mike LTC. Dow, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you can reject an LTC based on suitability. And I have to, as the chief, be able to say, well, what's the suitabil- suitability issue? I have to go before I can deny it and if they say no 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 i i want to take this to a judge then i have to go to a judge and explain suitability and what my concerns were and i've had this happen once where i denied on suitability and actually went before a judge so but that's because the person was in my community and we had a very long record with that person so i i was well aware of what my concerns were right but the person moves to another town or another state right like uh, the like the p- chief of police there would have to call you in order to get those concerns because it's not right. like you can write a sticky note and put it on there. We don't. Their the sticky note system is yeah. not. No, no. <laughs> we need. Uh, ideally, we'd have some sort of central shared information sh- system where we'd be able to enter information that was concerning, specific to obtaining firearms, and we'd be able to use that system to to do our suitability checks. But right now, suitability checks are really just based on what what we as an agency already know of the person, or if a family member reaches out to me and says, hey, I have concerns about this person having firearms. Right. So a way to sort of share that the family member said, I'm, I'm really worried because he, it's almost always he, uh, has, you know, given me reason to concern that there'll be a threat to themselves or others. So. Years yeah. ago when I lived in Belmont, um, the chief was very strong at the time and pushed probably the limits. But he would periodically go and pick up Uncle Joe's guns, you know, because <laughs> Uncle Joe was you know, off the rails again, and the whole family agreed to it and all that, but yeah, it's a community. You have to know you do the people and, that you're... <laughs> and we can do that here, and, and if I had an incident with someone, Uncle Joe came to my <laughs> community and he lived out in Belmont, wherever yeah. you said, I can actually, even if we don't arrest the person, I can call the Belmont chief and say, hey, just so you know, we had an encounter, this guy has an LTC and I'm worried about him, I can give the chief that information, but yeah. you know, without me knowing that there's a Belmont connection, yeah. th- there'd be no way to know, unless there was a criminal charge. 
charge, which in a lot of cases, you know, sometimes there's not a criminal charge, but there's still concerning behavior. And that's one of the things yeah. that stands out to me with the, you know, the, the Parkland shooting. It's one thing to say they're on the radar, you know, that, that law enforcement knew about someone. Well, I know about a lot of people <laughs> that I don't want to have guns, but just because I know about them here doesn't mean that wherever they go, that that chief or those officers know about them. And that's... Right. So how do we expect to be able to to keep track of these people just because they're on our radar? What do you do with that? You know, that that's not a very good system well, of just being on my mental radar. You know, And, and a similar kind of failure is what happened with the, the guy who shot the wa- four people at that Waffle House, I think, in Kentucky. Like, they took his guns away and gave them to his dad. And his dad gave them back. And his dad just gave them back. So yeah. it's like that's, that's not a good safeguard system yeah. there, clearly. Well, and on the flip side, um, oh. uh, just quickly— I shouldn't be bringing this up because I'm the conservative, but sometimes people get a bad rap. You know, their brother-in-law hates them. It's right, the new right. fiance, and they they trash the person, mm-hmm. and and then the police chief has to sort out. Um, you right. know, and if they're a minority or a different color, it's right, right. it's even more you know sort of a, a um, very sensitive situation. And I think that's why the judge is built in as a safeguard. I can't. What if I have a bias against someone? Nothing to do with anything other than I just don't like them, right? Yeah. So that wouldn't be very fair. So they've built into it already. There is a, a backup plan here, a checks and balances, where we can go before a judge. I have to present my facts and a, whatever my facts are, and the judge can neutrally weigh in on that. Yeah. So <clears throat> we actually are running over time, so I have to wrap up tonight's civil politics. We didn't get to talk about the uh, shocking resignation of uh, State Senator uh, Stan Rosenberg, but I guess we'll try and get that in next week and some other stuff. Um, so uh, that's all for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents and OK Asia. Uh, and a podcast of this show is going to be uploaded to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Usually we upload on Sunday morning. So I hope you you can check us out uh, along with your Sunday morning news shows. All right, so that's all for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Stay tuned for Subculture, and thank you for listening and joining us. I hope you'll be with us again next week. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.